I'm Dean Olsher, and you're listening to The Really Big Questions. It's the podcast where we ask big questions about what makes us human. And today our big question is about love and about culture. Our question is, is love love? Or do people in different cultures feel different things when they say they're in love? Americans have a kind of romantic ideal about getting swept off our feet by love. And a lot of places are just a lot more practical. Places like China. On weekends in a lot of cities in China, people gather to look for love. Or at least for marriage. This is People's Park in Shanghai, full of parents trying to find mates for their children. Hundreds of parents flock to what is called the marriage market every weekend. Sometimes they come without telling their children what they're up to. Some line the sidewalks with descriptions of their sons and daughters on white pieces of paper, and others walk along browsing the selection. A man who identified himself as Mr. Lon was here hoping to find a spouse for his son. Here we can find information about single women who have a pretty high level of education. These are women with undergraduate or master's or even doctoral degrees. They have limited time outside of work. They don't even have time to look for a spouse, so their parents have to come. The parents exchange information about age, height, income, about whether the prospective groom owns an apartment. Personal ads hang in neat rows on walls in the park, mostly just words, not pictures. Mr. Lan believes people should worry about character first and looks second. You wouldn't marry a girl from the barbershop because she's pretty. You have to consider whether the family will accept the choice. Because falling in love isn't simply the matter of two people. It concerns the whole family. This is an old and widespread idea that marriage is about uniting families. It's not just about love, and, and maybe not even about love at all. The historian Stephanie Kuntz says Westerners tend to take for granted that love should come before marriage, but it's such a recent notion. For centuries around the world, marriage has been an economic and political transaction. Falling in love before marriage in India was considered an actively antisocial act. In ancient China, the word for love connoted a very socially disrespectful relationship. Marrying for love was selfish. You were supposed to put your family's needs first. Kuntz says some of our current ideas about romantic love stem from southern France, where aristocrats developed the conventions of courtly love. But even to them, marriage was not about love. Actually, they believed that the only true love could occur outside marriage, since marriage was an economic and political arrangement and a mercenary institution. The truest love was an adulterous love. This idea of courtly love has gotten a lot of attention from scholars. In fact, they used to argue, and some still do, that the whole concept of romantic love was invented by troubadours in the Middle Ages. Until quite recently, it was widely believed that people outside of the West did not even feel romantic love. We decided to see if that was really true or not. The anthropologist Ted Fisher teaches at Vanderbilt. In 1992, he co-authored an influential paper about love. He and a colleague looked at studies of 166 different cultures. And we looked for evidence of romantic love. And that could have been love poetry or elopements or just general descriptions of what we would consider to be romantic love. And we found it in an overwhelming majority of cultures, 88.5 percent. But even in those cultures where we didn't find romantic love, it was the case that the anthropologists studying them 
was looking at other things. And so they didn't even talk about love at all. And so it, we thought it's very likely that romantic love is found in all cultures. But that answer, that love is probably universal, just leads to a new question. Is the love that people feel in those cultures the same as the love that Westerners feel? If you ask people in other cultures about love, you often describe it differently from Westerners. In China and other Asian countries, surveys have found that people are more likely to stress the negative aspects of love than Westerners are, things like jealousy and heartbreak. If you stop people in the park or outside a department store in Shanghai and you ask them about love, you hear a lot about communication and working at love. You hear about duty. The word that comes up again and again is responsibility. Responsibility. Being involved in a romantic relationship is a lot like uh, having a job, actually. <laughs> this is Jesse Chun, a 24-year-old accountant sitting in a cafe in Shanghai. Because, first of all, you have to trust your um, colleague slash your lover to be good at what he's doing. And um, secondly, the other person has to trust myself to do my job well. Both of them are very risky. Yeah, having a job is risky. <laughs> having a romantic relationship can be risky. So does the cautious, responsible way that Chinese people respond to surveys about love mean that they don't fall in love the way Westerners do? That's what Mona Shu wanted to know. She's a psychology professor at Idaho State University. It's really difficult to know, are people accurately reporting their experiences? And there's this drastic difference between how Westerners experience love and how Easterners experience love. Or is it that culture is influencing how people talk about it or how familiar they are with even being asked these questions? To find out, Mona Xu decided to look at the brains of Chinese people. She based her study on work that had already been done in the U.S. and in England. Scientists had recruited people who said they were madly in love and conducted fMRI studies to see what happened in their brains when they thought about their sweethearts. And what they found was activation in parts of the brain associated with thinking, but also in parts that are associated with craving, motivation, addiction, and euphoria. That leads Mona Shu to a fairly clinical definition of love. It is a motivated goal state um, driven by a desire for union with another person that is often emotional in nature. Some researchers call love a drive, a basic human drive like the sex drive. So you'd expect that everyone would have it, or almost everyone anyway. Mona Shu expected that when she looked at the brains of Chinese people in love, that they would look just like the brains of Westerners in love. And we found that they're almost identical. Shu's study lends support to the idea that love is love, no matter where you are, even if culture influences how we talk about it and how we think about it and feel about it. And of course, culture can change. It's changing in China. Educated young women are marrying later. And as millions of people move to cities, they lose the social networks that might have helped them find spouses. That's why marriage markets have sprung up in recent years. Instead of working with neighbors and relatives to broker marriages, parents have to negotiate with other parents who are strangers or with matchmakers like Cho Yin. Cho Yin says things were simpler when she was young. Now it's harder to find a spouse. In contemporary China, young people put a lot of emphasis on material conditions. They're quite picky. 
Some people at the park said young people are getting new ideas about love from friends who have studied overseas or from studying overseas themselves. And some do seem to be adopting a more Western, more Hollywood idea of love. Suzette Shu is 30. She grew up in Shanghai, but she sounds a bit like a Westerner when she talks about love. It's about finding the dream guy, not about responsibility. Once you felt the kind of feeling when, when you in love with someone, it, it's like addictive. It's really addictive to me. Even you know you may end up with getting hurt in the end if the things doesn't work out. But I, I think for me, in my opinion, I would, I would take a chance on love. Suzette Shu says that for her, being in love is like eating tiramisu. It's creamy, it's sweet, with a little bit of bitterness in it. It's just the idea of eating tiramisu feels like love. It's a very pleasant thing. I can't wait to have more. <laughs> like so many things, love is culture and love is biology. Of course, what we know about love only leads to new questions. Like how love between parents and children is different from romantic love or love for pets, or whether our pets love us. You can let us know what you think. If you visit The Really Big Questions on Facebook, we've got lots more on love and on some other really big questions on our website, trbq.org. The Really Big Questions podcast is produced by Sound Vision Productions with funding from the National Science Foundation. I'm Dean Olsher.